All right. We're live. Woo! Here on MCU Mondays, where today we're not talking about anything <laughs> to do with the MCU, but that's okay. That's okay, because uh, the MCU doesn't have anything out right now, so we're going to talk about some of the other movies that are out. Already got Eddie Birdie in the house. Hiya, Eddie. Good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, I, of course, am your host, Chris. As always, I am joined my wonderful co-host Debbie. Debbie, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Glad to be back on the bandwagon here. And Even though it is bandwagon, Marvel. it is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Today we're talking about Super Mario Brothers movie briefly. We're going to have a spoiler-free review on that. We're probably going to talk more in depth about that next week, but. I want to be able to give people time to see it because I know this Sunday, maybe you had free time to see it. It was Easter. I know I was doing stuff with family. We didn't get a uh, chance to go then, but I had free time today. So I saw it uh, <laughs> and it was good. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to give you a chance to see it yourself. Uh, but then after that, we're going to talk all about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which has been out for a couple weeks now. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about that because I, well, I enjoyed the film. What did you think of it, Debbie? Did you like it or did you not like it? I liked it. I mean, there's probably stuff. I don't play. All right. She said she liked it. That's that's all I was looking for. That's all you're looking for. (laughs) We're going to talk more in depth on that in just a minute. Make sure that we're firing on all cylinders here. Okay, and we are. Well, that's uh, always debatable. Oh, my goodness. Which means that it's time for our theme song. The theme song will get us started. And I made a new one for today. Oh, Woo-hoo. no. <laughs> <laughs> just cue the music. Dungeons and Dragons. You know you like that. Nice. (laughs) We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. It's I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. I was like, "We're talking. We're not talking about Marvel. I can't leave that in there. I had to clip over that. Yeah, because we're not. We're not talking about Marvel. We're talking about Super Mario Brothers and mainly Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so let's start with Super Mario Brothers, so we can get that out of the way. I would just recommend going to see it. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I have no big complaints i have some minor complaints but they're really not worth talking about they're nothing that would keep me from going to see it again i actually want to go see it again with another person uh just because i know they're a huge nintendo fan so they're going to enjoy it i think if you are a nintendo fan of really (laughs) there are so many references in this movie to so many nintendo things it is outrageous like even when they're still before they've even gone into the, the mushroom kingdom just in Brooklyn, there's tons and tons and tons of references. Uh, 
even if you're like not looking for them, you'll just be every once in a while, something will catch your eye or you'll hear, you'll hear something. That's another thing that was great is like all the sounds were just like the sounds from the game. Um, and there was just a lot of fun. I think it was great for kids. I think it's great for adults. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I really liked the way that the story ended up turning out how things ended up going. I liked peach. I was worried. They kind of framed it as she's going to be like the ultimate girl boss. And I'm not saying that she didn't, she wasn't strong. She was the great thing was she didn't like overshadow Mario. Like she was still able to be an awesome kick-ass character. And so was Mario. I, and I really liked the way they did. It, and I love that they set it up. It looks like they set it up for like future connecting movies. And even if they didn't connect entirely to this one, if they're just like, if they do another movie like this, I'm definitely going to see it. So that's all I'll say. Um, I recommend so, Super Mario Brothers movie. So I know, and I haven't seen it. The Nintendo Cinematic Universe. That's okay, what I was going to say. But Nintendo. MCU works. I get it. MCU. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see it yet. Um, I have played it back in the day. Uh, but I was going to ask you, Chris, uh, there was a lot of complaints on the internet when the trailer first came out because of uh, Pratt's voice. Mm -hmm. Was that very distracting at all or did it get better? Well, here's better? the thing is it's actually explained in universe very quickly at the beginning of the movie. So like okay. there is an explanation given and the original Mario voice actor plays two different roles in the film. Yeah. So it's all, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to like, okay. but, but it is explained in the film. And that was something that I was worried about. I was like, Chris Pratt for Mario. Uh, but the way that they explained it is funny. It makes sense. And I think all the voice actors did a pretty good job. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. It's like, I feel like the, he did, there wasn't the same energy there. He it's funny as that, but I, th and who would they have gotten that would be better? I don't, I don't know. Um, and he, and he, he does fit the character, but they could have done a little bit better, but there are so many different things. Like if you liked Mario Kart, there's tons of Mario Kart stuff and not just in one sequence in several different sequences. Uh, there's like super smash brothers stuff that when they were doing the super smash, I was like, now you can see a super smash brothers movie coming together after they do a star Fox movie and maybe like a Kirby movie and or a Zelda movie, and then bring all that stuff together in the super smash brothers. What I, it's like, I'll I'll show up to that if they keep making it like this too and putting out this level of uh movie I'm I'm there. Shut up and take my money. For the So on a scale of 1 to 10. Um I give it like an 8 and a half, 9 just solid fun That's good time. That's pretty good for you. Yeah, I'm very usually I have well, I usually have nitpicks Six. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like to be honest. And so if I'm given something this good of a review, you should, you should be like, Oh, you know, and there, of course they're like, if, when we get down to it, when we do the full review, I'll let you know, like my nitpicky things, but there's very few things. It's, it's for the most part, that kept the flow. It kept everything entertained. It's not like one part dragged on too long. It's not like I didn't like this. I think everything kind of came together was very fun, very funny. The kids were all having a good time. I think most of the adults had a really good time as well. Uh, and I think it's just a lot of fun. And it did very well at the box office. And um, movies, you know, they keep 
they're a lot of people's problems with a lot of modern movies and Disney is like, they feel like they're being preached at. I did not feel any preachiness in this, you know, like how you're going to feel when the new little mermaid comes out or when the new Peter Pan comes out. Okay. You're going to feel like, Oh, they're preaching. This movie does not do that at all. It's just aimed on having a solid fun, good time. And some of the scenes I was like, I'm literally feeling like I'm sitting there playing video games and that level of enjoyment and some of the characters when they do team ups, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but like there's a lot of where you're just like, wow, the visuals are fantastic. It's just especially so especially if you're a Nintendo fan, you're gonna love it. But even if you know nothing about Nintendo, I think it's still a solid fun like movie for all ages, you know. And that's what someone else says. Like, if you don't like it, just remember it's targeted at kids. I wouldn't say that it's targeted only at kids. I think it's targeted to be a movie for all ages enjoyment of all ages because there are movies out there that are just for kids and an adult is not going to enjoy them i think this is one that everyone can enjoy yeah a lot of the reviews i've seen um and this is <laughs> just on the internet not necessarily rotten tomatoes because i don't pay attention to those mm -hmm. but uh a lot of the people on the internet that were given reviews were saying this was a really good nostalgic fun oh, absolutely. family movie so and that's the thing is like not just the sound effects but also the music you'll hear the musical cues from the games you remember obviously mario is one of the biggest ones but there's other characters in this too and one of my favorite songs came on during like in the middle and i was like ah like yeah they did it uh, but I want to like again. I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it. So I, I just recommend going to see it. We are going to talk about it all next week. So full review next Monday. And that's my spoiler-free review: is go see it so that we can talk about it because it's an <laughs> enjoyable movie. Um, you'll you I would expect you to enjoy it. Uh, and the critics, I've seen some of the critics' negative review. But here's the thing about that: is like. So often, especially in like the past 10 years, there's some movies that audience and critics agree this was a great movie. But a lot of times I'll see like the audience score be real high and the critics score be low or or the audience score be low, but the critics score be high. I'm usually agreeing with the audience. Uh -huh. And a lot of the times I think critics, they actually look at things too critically sometimes. And they're looking at it through a lens that like the average moviegoer is not going to relate to. Now, having been to film school and studied this stuff, I can see both sides of it, but I'm, I try to keep part of myself thinking of like, okay, I might have all these little nitpicky, all these problems or whatever that I might, as a film person, I might have a problem with, but what's the casual person who's just going to have fun? What are they going to think about this? And the critics have usually been on the same side as like the message. Uh, if you're pushing the whatever they're gonna be like oh this movie's great it's you know it's championing women it's championing this that the other and that's what people are tied up not that those are bad things necessarily but it's like i see that every day in my workplace i had to go to hr to get like a lecture on how we treat people in the workplace i just wanted to go see a movie to escape from all this stuff and and i can't even get that in kids movies anymore well for the super mario brother you do you get that escapism you get that fun it's just a chance to go to another world and enjoy yourself and i think that's a great thing and again if they keep doing stuff like that i think they've got a money they've they've already got money from the video games but i think you could see a real surge in a nintendo universe i'd 
I'd be in for it. Um, definitely. Yeah, I've seen other people suggest that too. So and it's for Nintendo cinematic universe. It's something unique kind of to Nintendo as well because uh other platforms have you know big characters like Master Chief and Halo, but not like a you wouldn't expect a connected universe of the type that Nintendo could put together because it's just like they're all cartoon characters. They're just in their own cartoon worlds and oh, we connected them. But you couldn't have like, oh, Master Chief is now, you would, you'd have to, there'd be way more hoops to jump through. This is just like, it's kids, games, it's a party. It's a Nintendo party. Like everyone's fine with that. So they have, they have a good opportunity, I think here. But yeah, that's it for Mario. Go see it so we can talk more about it next week. Uh, for now, let's talk about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Which I was very worried about. <laughs> uh, because there is that other Dungeons and Dragons movie that's just terrible. Uh, but I thought this one was pretty fun. I thought that Chris Pine did a good job. I thought most of the actors did a good job. There was some of the, all the men are either clumsy fools or evil, <laughs> except the the main chick, the main evil person was a bad chick. So you can't really say that. Um, but like, oh man, the sorcerer dude at times, it was like, just get over it, dude. <laughs> And he finally, you know, he finally does. But that was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, and then, but then as I was thinking about it, I was like, the fact that he did have that to get over kind of made him a more developed character than that changeling chick because she was, you met her and she didn't, that's just who she was the entire film. He actually got this moment of gaining self-confidence. So I, when I, at first, when I was th watching the movie, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And at the end, I was like, well, at least his character progressed and developed and got through it. And for the most part, I was just having a good time. Uh, and I will say, starting from the very beginning, I really like the way the movie starts. Debbie, have you played Dungeons and Dragons, the game? Like, no, my oldest son okay. does. Okay. I know, diddly squat. Okay, well, so for you and anyone else who might not play the game, uh, you know, you're basically on an adventure. You make up your character and you start out on this adventure. The dungeon master, who's another player, kind of like decides what's around you and where you're going. But your character is your own creation and your backstory is your own. So this movie starts <laughs> with the characters in prison and starts by him giving their backstory, which they show in flashbacks. And I'm like, this is perfect because like this is how the game starts that you getting to know the other characters in the game learning their backstories and i'm like this is the perfect way to start the movie now we know their backstories we're all caught up to the very beginning of the movie and it's short it's concise it tells you everything important that you're going to need to know later and leads you up to where they are right now which then turns into a hilarious escape at the window and that's when i knew when they grabbed the bird guy I, jonathan would love this so much if he were here i just <laughs> forget about jonathan it doesn't he's stuck in a snowstorm and so he keeps telling the thing and then he gets it i just know that sir jonathan would really appreciate this if he were here he's like just get on with it the dude finally shows up he's an eagle man now this whole time i was thinking that chris pine who's kind of like a bard he's kind of sneaky 
Um, he's trying, he wanted this guy to be there because that guy actually would. There's something in the story that like maybe he made up that this guy would appreciate mm-hmm. and he wishes he was there. So the guy shows up and they're like, nah, this is over. We're not going to hear any more testimony, whatever. They grab this Eagle man and jump out the window and use him to fly away from the prison. And I was like, oh, they only wanted him there so that they could grab him and jump out the window. And as they're jumping out the window, the rest of the magistrate that they were talking to trying to gain their freedom is like, wait, we were going to set you free. So like, they didn't need to do that. And that right there is kind of like something amazing that they got. Like you might think they were just playing that for humor, but that's actually really reminds me of playing an actual Dungeons and Dragons game. Cause you don't know how the dice are going to roll. Like you could do the petition and maybe if the dice roll is right, you get set free, but maybe not. So you don't want to take that chance. So it's like, fine, we abduct this guy and jump out the window with them. And it's like, why would you make that decision? And it's like, well, we didn't. <laughs> so the, And there's a lots of moments in this movie where like things get kind of hectic and stuff like that happens. And I was like, that brought to me the feeling of a Dungeons and Dragons game, which I really appreciated. So Debbie, I just rambled for <laughs> way too long. Uh, I would like to hear some of your thoughts on the film. Uh, well, like I said, at the beginning of the show, I, I liked it. Uh, there was moments that I laughed. Um, there was moments I didn't laugh, but there was two guys who were sitting in the row in front of me off to the side. And I mean, they were just cracking up and I was like, well, I must've missed an inside joke related. Wish I had smoked type. whatever weed they had before <laughs> I came in here. So, I mean, they're just like, look, a guy with wings. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I just kind of figured maybe there's something game related that I didn't catch on to which is fine i mean i i found the movie to be funny it was action there was action there was a few times where i thought it kind of dragged a little bit but that's just me uh yeah i enjoyed the characters i always like chris pine and um the one guy now oh, he's the one who was hiding the helmet the paladin yeah I, I i know him from bridgerton so gentlemen from Bridgerton. Yes. Yes. All yes. of the ladies were like, hello. Yes. And uh and Chris Pine is even like, forget this guy. I'm <laughs> supposed to be the handsome guy. <laughs> Get out of here, other handsome guy. That guy actually, I was like expecting not to like him, but then he kept being he was such the straight man. And by straight man, I'm not talking about sexuality, I'm talking about jokes. As in, like, yeah. if, if 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 some people are joking, this is the person that's taking everything at face value, taking everything right. seriously. And he, he doesn't does understand that. ironic or sarcastic. He does it so well. <laughs> it's like, I feel that irony is a blade that cuts the wielder as well as the one that is used against. Like, is like, what is with this guy? <laughs> and that's really funny because that's also like when people play Dungeons and Dragons, sometimes they really get into their character I have a friend that when he plays, like he gets into character and from when the game starts, he will not understand like regular talk. You have to talk through his character. And so like that guy, I was like, I could see him playing that character and just taking it to the umpteenth level. And that worked. I thought that worked great. And like you said, the action, 
I thought was pretty well done. Um, and there were lots of different action sequences. Mm-hmm. All pretty well done. Uh, Hugh Grant was a bad guy. Nobody saw that coming. They uh, <laughs> In the beginning, they're like an Archon man, and they say whatever his name is. And I was like, okay, well, they were all thieves. But <laughs> there was one guy literally who was a con man on the team. And it's like, well, he mm-hmm. conned the team, of course. That's what the con man does. And I liked, uh, is her name Helga or Ogla or something like that? Yeah. Um, Chris's partner. Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked her. To just do the magic. <laughs> just just do it with magic. She's always telling him to do it with magic. And of course, <laughs> and it's great because she, uh, uh, this is another thing when I was talking about super Mario, people were worried about like princess peach, just being the ultimate girl boss doing everything. And I think she was another one that people were worried about that happening. And she is their brawler. She's like their tank. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she solves problems with her fists, but when the problem calls for like a plan making or spell casting or anything else, she's kind of useless. She's super useful when there's like ass to be kicked. Mm-hmm. She takes down multiple foot. Like, like anyone who's not a main character pretty much gets taken down by her at some point in like a fight <laughs> sequence, which I was pretty fine with. Like she's doing her job. She's tanking most of the damage and that's what she's there for. Chris Pine's there to make the plan. And then once the plan inevitably goes awry, make a new plan. Right. Yeah. I thought, as a team, they all pretty well work together because they all, you know, Chris, you know, he tries to make a plan and usually has to make 20 or 30 backup plans. And, you know, the sorcerer comes in handy with the basic stuff until the very end of it. Uh, I really liked the creatures that, what's her name? The shape shifter girl. Durek. Something. I yeah, saw this I, three weeks ago at an early <laughs> at an early screening. So I'm I saw it today. I remember like the plot and everything, but the names are sometimes like, oh, I no recollection of what their yeah. name was. Uh I liked some of the uh characters that she turned into. Uh they were they were pretty nifty. I liked uh the creatures. I mean, more well-known ones like deers and mice and. Yeah, there's a whole that whole escape sequence where she's, she's going down as a spy or as a fly to spy, mm-hmm. and then at, during the escape she turns into like ten different animals on the running, and that was very cool. But one of the coolest things was the owl bear. Yes, uh, that was probably my favorite. Which came in at that. the end when she turns at the very end when they're like at the after they're done fighting. The evil ch- and they win. Surprise, surprise. Um, oh no! Well, spoiler. <laughs> I told you it was spoilers, but they win. Uh, she comes in like the witch lady's down, and then suddenly the owl barrel just comes charging in and like does a Hulk 
slam, you know, like, <laughs> I am a god. <laughs> Chris is like, I, I think she's had enough. And <laughs> she didn't. And she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, now she's had enough. Still, oh. you know, an undead necromancer lady that was about to enslave an entire city. I say you don't take chances with that kind of thing. I'm with the the shapeshifter on that one. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. Thank you for watching, even though it's what? 2, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. over there oh. in Scotland. Yeah, Glasgow. We appreciate it. Appreciate you stopping by, even though we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um which I think was, a you know, the humor in the movie. I don't think you had to be a Dungeons & Dragons fan to enjoy this. Like, Debbie, you've never played the game, and you still enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And as someone that has played Dungeons & Dragons and read tons of books based on the world of Dungeons & Dragons and played a bunch of video games based in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, there were tons of Easter eggs there for people like me. Like, for instance, when they first mm -hmm. escape from the tower in the north, they're running south. It overlays like a map while they're running across fields and stuff so you can see them moving down. And it shows them running out of Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale is a huge video game uh, series and books are based around that area. Uh, Neverwinter City itself. There's the whole game series Neverwinter Nights takes place like in mm -hmm. that city. So these are video games a lot of people have played even if they didn't realize Oh, that's set in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. That's where all that comes from. Uh, so there are lots of little Easter eggs like that that you can get. Uh, but one of the things I really enjoyed about it was the amount of humor and fun. And I think that it worked real well. There's just so many different moments. Like the skeletons got me. The whole thing with them <laughs> digging up the guys and asking them the questions. And it's like, you can only ask them three questions. And the first time they just mess it up. So they have to dig up another dead guy. And they're like, okay, well this time they'll get it right. And they do get it right. But that guy doesn't know the answer that they're looking. He died before he has the answer. They need to dig up another person. And that just keeps happening. And it's just like, okay, this is hilarious. <laughs> like that was. And then the one guy that they just, they never asked the last question. <laughs> yeah, they just left in there. Because <laughs> if you didn't ask them all the questions, then they just stay alive. It's like we we'll ask them another question. You can't just leave him here like that. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Hmm. What's your favorite book? <laughs> never was much of a reader. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good movie. I I I enjoyed it. And like I said, I'm, I'm like you said, there's plenty of Easter eggs, which I wouldn't have noticed. But I don't think that for me really matters since I never played the game or read the books or anything. So <clears throat> let's talk about things we didn't like. <laughs> uh, I know one thing that I didn't like, <laughs> and this is just a stupid thing. But why was both him and his wife? His dead wife, who he's trying to resurrect, big plot point. Never does, of course, because Olga dies and he's got to save her. Mm -hmm. Obvious choice, because it's like, <laughs> your daughter didn't know her real mother, so who right. cares? <laughs> this person raised her. It's like, oh, what message yeah, that, are we sending? <laughs> if you have the all... choice to resurrect your real mother or your foster mother, always pick your foster mother, because you're more familiar with her. Yeah, well, he was doing it pure purely for selfish re reasons i mean 
Yeah, he just wanted. She to didn't remember him at all. Wife, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he was in love with her. But okay, so here's the thing. This is the thing that bugged me. <laughs> Uh, when they're in the flashback, when they're both hiding under the covers from a dragonfly, dragonflies. Does that mean something? In, in... No, it's just they're just dragonflies. <laughs> they don't hurt people. They're not poisonous. I don't think they bite. I've seen dragon. I've never heard of someone being bitten by a dragonfly. They're both like afraid of this. I'm like, I've seen another scene where you're fighting a dragon. I just, I, I'm having a hard time making this the same character in my mind like yeah i i I didn't understand that but you know i thought maybe that had something to do the game do um had something to do with the game and that's why i didn't understand why they were like freaking out over a dragon no it had nothing to do with the game it was just a stupid scene that the stupid writers were using because they needed a way for him to remember her when it comes to the resurrection scene. So when that dragonfly flies, when Let that dragonfly flies by, when he's thinking about resurrecting Olga, he's like, she would want me to do this is what you're supposed to think as the person. But I'm just sitting there going, how come you're not freaking out about the dragonfly now? You don't care <laughs> that there's a dragonfly two feet away from you. I was just being cute with my wife. Well, it wasn't cute and it was just weird and you confused everyone. Is a fantasy movie, and that's the most confusing thing in it. Second most confusing thing in it. First most confusing thing is it was when I was trying to figure out who that midget was, and I was like, "Oh, it's Bradley Cooper." Uh, yeah, Bradley Cooper plays a tiny little man that is into very large women. He's like the, he's the ex-husband of Michelle Rodriguez. He's half her size, and while they're having this real awkward conversation, his new girlfriend walks in. And she's like a half giant. She's even bigger. And I'm just like, what do you do? Climb inside her? What is the... I don't even want to think about it. There are children in this theater. Dungeons and Dragons. This is a, this is rated M for miniature scenarios. I don't... Well, when I fun. realized it was Bradley, I kept waiting for him to like break out into a rocket voice and make some kind of... <laughs> yeah. You want to see my raccoon costume? Yeah. I was waiting so that's how do. he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's actually <laughs> very, very small in real life. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting him to pop up. I mm-hmm. mean, it was just very small, but still, it was it was funny. And so for anyone also that's wondering, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, it did have dungeons. Actually, at the very beginning, we kind of start out in a dungeon. And then they kind of go down into the Underdark later. It's not really a dungeon, but there is that first dungeon. At least, they're in a couple dungeons. They get caught several times. Mm-hmm. They're terrible. So there are dungeons and there are dragons. There's multiple dragons. There's a really fat dragon, which was interesting. Yeah. How's that work? <laughs> he's just kept eating and eating and eating, and now he's very overweight. <laughs> which he's a really fat dragon and it's funny because some of his attacks are just him like rolling around and like trying to roll he's just sliding around and just picking up people as they came in his way size is a weapon uh which is fun and that's another fun thing about dungeons and dragons is anything can happen in the game it's kind of up to the players and the dungeon master so if he wants one of the bosses to be a really fat dragon and that will be fun for the then here have a fat dragon fight this (laughs) Good luck. <laughs> the uh, hither thither staff was also pretty cool. 
And if you're wondering what's a hither thither staff, it's a portal gun, but in a fantasy universe. So it shoots portals that you can jump through, which I looked at my dungeon master because I saw this movie with the guy I played D&D with. And I was like, you should put a hither thither staff in our game. He's like, you guys would abuse that power. <laughs> so relentlessly. And then they even did abuse it in the game. They're like, they shoot a portal up onto the balloon and they shoot one in the bottom of the treasure hoard and they dump all of the treasure out of the face of the balloon. And I was like, that's exactly the kind of thing I would be doing, except uh, I would shoot a portal onto the balloon and then shoot the other into like a lake of lava. So it'd be dropping lava onto the city out of the balloon. And he's like, that's why I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> Curses. I want to be evil. <laughs> Actually, my alignment is chaotic neutral. So I want to do anything. You never know. <laughs> which I think is fun. Um, so let's see. Dungeons and Dragons film. Yeah, lots of fun. I think uh, some nitpicks, yeah, about like the script. Uh, the, the whole dragonfly thing, I think, was poorly executed. They even could have used a different insect. They could have used a different scene, maybe them in a garden or still in bed, but a butterfly flies in and they're not afraid of it. They just share a tender moment of like holding a butterfly. So mm -hmm. then later when the butterfly flies by, you think, oh, of that moment instead of this weird, like not only was it just a weird moment that they put in the middle of the film, then they like call it back later. The dragonfly comes back and it's like, why are you reminding me of the most awkward scene <laughs> in this film? Uh, so that's my main nitpick. Which again, you some, sometimes I have many more. So uh, this is really honestly quite good. That's how you can tell this movie is more fun than it is uh, annoying. And it's not for the most part annoying. It's just fun. Uh, there's just that one thing which really bugs me. Uh, I even saw the Critical Drinkers review, and I think I agree with him. It's he said like you know it's not. It's not a masterpiece. It's not like I'm going to be looking back on this movie like this was the movie of 2023. No, it's, but was it a fun, entertaining movie that was worth going to the movie theater to see? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again at some point. But it's not, it's not like it's going to take the place of like Lord of the Rings. But it's—I don't think it's—it's it's not meant to. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's more self-aware of itself for one thing. So it, there is more comedy in there, uh, and it's just meant to be more fun. And I think they succeed on that. And when it comes to the action, I think they really did a great job on the the fight scenes, um, and they do a good job of keeping it like D and D. Like the first time, for instance, when Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine get captured. And she escapes her bonds first. They're about to be executed. And she escapes her bonds and starts fighting like they're surrounded by like 10 Everybody. soldiers. There's a bunch of soldiers. And she just starts taking them down. And Chris Pine, his hands are still bound in ropes. So he just starts like rubbing them against this step. And that just reminded me of like this game I was playing when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. One of the characters was free. The other one's bound. And you had to roll the dice. It's like roll to see if you escape. And this dude, you roll a D20, so a 20-sided die, he had to get like above a 10, and he kept rolling like a 5 and a 4 and a 2. 
This is like three turns that he should have been escaped and helping out where he's the same thing happens in the movie. He's just like trying to get out of these bonds and nothing's happening. She's beating up dudes, beating up dudes, beating up dudes. Finally, she beats up another dude. He drops his sword. Chris Pine looks at the sword and looks at the stair. He's currently rubbing his ropes on a stair. And so he scrambles (laughs) over to the blade, starts working on that. And uh, eventually he finally gets out, but like she's already beaten everybody up by then. But that's just, Mm -hmm. that's funny. It's like, fulfilling your role in the dungeon group and that's why later it was so funny when uh because <laughs> he's got a loot and so he sings every once in a while there's a part later where he like starts distracting some guards by singing a tune and then all of a sudden he starts going like uh, uh, uh he starts like skipping <laughs> like he's a record skipping and then like his and then you start seeing you see them in the background sneaking behind everyone and the sorcerer had cast like a holographic spell or whatever so chris pine isn't actually there and then this thing starts like falling apart that was really funny (laughs) that was like you you attempt to cast an illusion spell and maybe you got a bad roll and so the dungeon master's like all right your illusion distracts the guards but uh not because it was a flawless illusion but because it's really disturbing you're giving them living nightmares. The guards too are like, what is your speech possessed? <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, with you explaining, I mean, I know there's dice involved. I mean, I've watched stranger things and they kind of, yes, play. they touch on the game there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, they mentioned that that's extent, what's happening in the background. That's you know? the extent of my knowledge mm-hmm. is stranger things. I kept hoping some names would pop up that I would recognize, but that didn't happen. Mm. But, but with you explaining that I could see how it makes some of the other scenes even funnier than what I thought they were originally, but, and they yeah. make sense. So like when you see somebody messing up terribly, like in your head, you're like, ah, oh, dude, just rolled a one. Yeah. You know? Because it's like the die roll represents how good your character did at a thing. If you roll a perfect 20, that means you did astoundingly good at it. Like, and you can do things in Dungeons and Dragons that you wouldn't expect. Like there's maybe there's a mystical gate and it has a question and it speaks the question. You have to answer a riddle to get through. Well, my character might be like, I try to charm the gate. It's like, okay, try and charm the gate. And you roll like a perfect 20 plus ability points or whatever. So the dungeon master is like, okay, you successfully seduce the gate and it opens for you. And now you get to like, just, you did. So like, I didn't have to solve the puzzle because I ended up romantic, romantically seducing this gate and it opened for me. That sounds totally weird, but that's just the kind of thing you can do. Maybe someone else would do it differently. Like the warrior would just be like, I rolled a bus down the gate and they roll maybe a perfect 20. They bust it down. Maybe they roll a one though. And it's like you charge at the gate, you lower your shoulder into it, and uh, you break your arm. You know, it's like, so it can go either way. Um, And so, yeah, knowing that, some of those scenes were definitely enhanced by that. And that's why I said I thought they did a a good job of bringing the feel of playing a game into the movie. And especially during the last fight with the super evil witch where everyone's fighting her and casting spells and she's dodging. I was like, that reminds me of like going up against a boss playing the game and like you're trying to roll and it's like your attack miss. This next person's attack and their attack miss. And, like this person's attack, their attack hits or one of their attack hits. And so when there's that, those flurry of attacks and you see some of the fireballs missing and some people missing, it's like, 
-hmm. oh yeah, I guess not every time you swing a sword, you're going to connect. Not every time you throw a fireball, it's going to hit. Like it was a good back and forth and, and felt like what a game would be like if there were no dice and it was all just happening in real time. Yeah. You were talking about that, the step scene where he's trying to get free of his bonds. Cause I was like, you know, and, and, in any other movie, a guy, even though he was, you know, his hands were bound, he'd be up, you know, doing karate kicks or something or picking up a brick yeah. with, you know, even though his hands are bound, he'd still Doesn't it seem like they're spending it. an awful long time on this guy just going like this? And like, that is the joke, though. Like, that's he keeps rolling ones. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you try to escape your like, bonds. You fail. Is he is he just scared and he's just, you know stalling because she's kicking everybody's ass or and i think it know. also does work uh to that effect as well like if if people who didn't know about the game are sitting there watching it they're probably thinking this sly guy you know he's acting like he can't get out of his bond so it, it works in that way but if you have played the game it, you're like <laughs> i bet he's just rolling ones <laughs> <laughs> How come he's doing so terrible? It's like, it's not me. It's the dice. <laughs> I want to do amazing things, but I keep rolling twos. Uh, good stuff. Fun. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I saw it with my Dungeon and Dragon group and we're not, we've only, we haven't been playing a super long time. We've all liked it for a while, but, and we're not, we don't take it super serious. So it was just fun to get out there and see it. So I thought it was enjoyable. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any like, real negative reviews on it. I haven't been looking, but I think the the overall response to this film is like, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I don't think I've yeah. seen I don't think I've seen anything negative on the interwebs about it. So so rare. And I don't know I don't know how it's how it did on Review-wise. I have a feeling we're about to find out. Let's see. Yeah, I'd heard... Uh, oh, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. For audience or... Um, let me see here. Ninety percent for the critics and ninety-four for audience. That's kind of rare. Wow, really? Yeah. That is surprisingly good. Um, so do you think there's 90 a ninety and ninety-four? Wow. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility of a well I gotta tell you, if they do more, and I hope they do, I hope they base them off some of the books, which they might not, because then they have to pay the writer. But R.A. Salvatore hit one of his biggest fantasy characters is a character, and I sorry if I mispronounce this, but Drizzt Doerden, he's a dark elf uh, who leaves the Underdark and comes and fights for the good guys instead of the bad guys. And if they could do some of his story, because there's other characters like Wolfgar, who's this guy with a giant hammer that he can throw and it returns to him, so he's very Thor-like. Uh, but then they have all the other witches and wizards and dwarves and all kinds of stuff. And uh, Drizzt actually has 
a panther that he can summon from another plane of existence. Uh, so he has like a pet that he can summon. And if they do more Dungeons and Dragons movies, I hope they focus on that. But I think that, yeah, they could do more. Um, even though in that case, if they were like the books, they'd probably have to be a little bit more serious. So I don't know if they would go that direction. But either way, I think they could, especially with it getting that good of a response. 90, 90. I, I have to see what the box office was on. If it made enough money, though, that's the real thing. Yeah, the two. I was looking through the audience reviews, and the two that gave it like two stars. Uh, oh yes, it only made one hundred and twenty-three million worldwide. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Hmm. Uh, actor had zero connection. Everything was flat. Computer gra graphics were realistic and not over the top. So that's kind of a. I don't know. I hate pe when people put that kind of. On there. The other one was I thought that there would have been more Dungeons and Dragons, but apparently I was wrong. And he gave it two stars. And I'm like, I don't know. There was plenty of dungeons. There's yeah, a few dragons. So the budget for the movie was 150 million. And it so far has made 123 million. So no, I don't think they'll make another one. <laughs> Seeing as this one lost movie lost money most, we'll see how much it makes. I mean, what it released March thirty first, so it's, it's only been out. Uh, it might be able to pick up a little bit more, but yeah, if it's gonna make money, it better hurry up and do it because yeah, it's gonna be tough. you're getting into. Well, I'd say it's a great movie and go see it. But now that Super Mario's out, if you haven't seen that, I have to recommend that higher because I think that's just more fun for more people. And just, but they're both pretty good movies. And you, I think that Rotten Tomatoes score, score kind of speaks a lot about it 90 and 94%. Like it's rare to get audiences and critics that much the same. I think even the Super Mario movie has more hate from critics. Really? Yeah. I thought it was. I heard that. Yeah, fifty-seven percent. Fifty. Look at this. Fifty-six percent from the critics, ninety-six percent from the audience. That's wow. wild. That's wild. And I would totally agree with the audience score on this one. For Super Mario Brothers, ninety-six percent. It's great. The critics' consensus. Movie colorful, is colorful, albeit thinly plotted. Which is a ridiculous... Okay, it's a kid's game. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to say. Do they and not I, have kids? I gotta see what the... Now, what the critics' consensus was on the Dungeons & Dragons. I think it said it's, it stayed pretty close to the source material. Even if you're... Even if you don't know HP or OP, you'll still enjoy the movie or something like that. Even if you don't know your HP, Yeah. Which I'm I just it just it just is amazing to me that they would give Dungeons and Dragons a 90% and Super Mario 56. Well, maybe these people either don't have kids or they've never played video games themselves. It's just wild. I mean, I played I haven't played all of the Mario games. I played a few here and there cuz my kids had Nintendo 64 and we played but yeah I say the Mario movie is fun 
go see it. <laughs> but clearly both these movies are pretty good, but neither of them... Well, actually, Mario is making some money, and it just came out. Yeah, it's already made way more than Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, I think it made 377 already. Yeah, so go see uh, but, both of these films. But it's it's more geared to kids who Children. would... Yeah, to where it would be. And, you know, I don't know. Some people might have been hesitant with Dungeons and Dragons, thinking it might have been too scary for kids, or you know, it's not necessarily a family movie. Whereas Mario Easter weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just looking at the budget. It costs 50 million less to make the Super Mario Brothers movie. So it costs a hundred million to make Super Mario Brothers, 150 million to make Dungeons and Dragons. And Super Mario has already outperformed it. So hmm. that says good things for Super Mario. I'm looking forward to that connected universe, but I would like to see more from that Dungeons and Dragons as well. So if you get the chance, anyone watching, go see either and or both of these films. Um, yeah. I think that's just about all I got. Uh, there is supposed to be from what i've read on the interwebs a uh the marvels trailer drops tomorrow well then that's something we can look at next week and get kicked off <laughs> streaming for having it playing silently and <laughs> nobody knows what's happening because <laughs> my youtube page is totally fine and then geek news now is like how come nothing's working and i'm like i don't know because i don't run your page but it's fine over on my youtube so yeah i, I didn't get that because i i watched i watched it our, our show on your page and i was like well i don't notice anything missing but then again you know i have brain fog so but i was so like I, so you wouldn't notice anything missing. yeah <laughs> but i was like but everything is playing, you know. Yeah, everything. The trailer they, is playing in the Everything background. eventually got restored. We did get cut off while we were live, but everything well, eventually went back up. Yeah, but apparently <laughs> it didn't do that for the Geek News Now YouTube. But I was yeah, like, totally I, I, I was just like, that is not my problem to deal with. If you can't keep videos up on your channel, I'm not, I am no longer the head of the Geek News Now YouTube page. I refuse to take responsibility for whatever's going on over there. Okay. I absolutely refuse. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was weird <laughs> that it would take it down on one page and not on the other. So it was weird. And I don't know why it happened. And I went like this <laughs> and then walked away because that's, that's, I'm like, I, I, I I got nothing for you. I don't know. This is... Did you watch? Say... What? Sorry. Did you watch any of uh, Star Wars Celebration at all? I saw some of it. I'm not excited about Star Wars anymore. <laughs> After freaking, I had some hope with Mandalorian what they were doing. Then I saw Book of Boba Fett, which is Boba Fett's <laughs> one of my favorite characters, and they just destroyed his character and then i watched kenobi and they just totally misunderstood that and filmed it badly and somehow that director was up for like a directing award and i was like this is a terrible direction this is bad direction when people are laughing at scenes because obi-wan kenobi goes up to a gate and you can clearly see because they do a top-down shot that he can walk around the gate 
then he spends time trying to shut down the laser gate. I'm like, you know how you could have solved that problem? You don't show the top-down shot that shows that it's easy to walk around the gate because if you just show him walking up from the sideways angle, it looks like that gate stretches on forever. So right. if you just showed that shot, it would have been convincing and everyone would be fine. Instead, everyone's making YouTube videos over how terrible the direction is because anybody can see that this is laughably bad. And they're like, you know what we should do? Give her an award for being terrible and because we just fail upwards in Hollywood. And I'm not excited about new Star Wars because they're like, Ray's going to be back. Oh, good Ray. Oh, <laughs> that bitch who freaking destroyed Luke Skywalker's uh, legacy and had him killed off so that she could take his place. Oh, now she's going to be taking over the Jedi Temple that he never really got to run. And will be leading the new Jedi Order, which was he was supposed to be doing. And that's in the freaking expanded universe. And so for me, I watched the original six, maybe Rogue One. And I read my Star Wars books from before <laughs> Disney took over. And I don't participate in the trash that they have coming out. And I'm not going to pay them money to force feed me my favorite characters and misunderstood and horribly grotesque Frankenstein ways. So no, I'm star Wars, even though I love it. Look, star Wars, uh, the new stuff is just to me, a big old slap in the face. Even if there is some cool stuff to be looking forward to, like the possibility of Thrawn in Ahsoka. But at the same time, I'm like, but look what they did to Boba Fett and Kenobi. So I have no, I'm not paying them to see these things. I'll watch it at some point because it is Star Wars and I'll have to talk about it. But I cannot imagine paying money to keep seeing them do these things to characters that I really enjoy and like. And I want nothing to do more with Ray. Nothing against Daisy Ridley, but the way that they wrote those sequel movies destroyed Luke Skywalker's legacy and anything further that she does, especially leading a new Jedi Order, which was his supposed to be his thing, I'm just, why would I give you money to see things that I hate seeing? I wouldn't, and so I won't. So that's why I'm not hanging out with you guys on Cantina Happy Hour. Uh, why isn't Chris here? Doesn't he like Star Wars? Well, yeah, depends on what we're talking about. Yeah, you better figure out the topic quick, because if he gets on a rambling, he's, look out. You have to kick him off the show. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to put anyone uh up to that sort of stress so i just like yeah i was like yeah let him let him have fun i don't wanna i don't wanna be well, shaking I mean, it up you know no john biscardi's been talking matter. to me about he's been john biscardi's talking to me about starting a, a show where we we can talk about whatever and not it's like, look, if you want to say negative stuff about it, you'll be free to do that. And I'm like, okay, I could see that. I, <laughs> I could see myself being successful in a show like that. Where <laughs> the negativity. Show. I didn't want that to be like, I, just, I don't want that to be the only thing that I do is just tear things down. But if there are things to be torn down, we might as well have a dedicated time and place for it. Okay. I can, you know, so we're talking about it. We're, we're looking at it. But uh, yeah. Until well, then, I'm just kind of like Star Wars, you I don't like a lot of the, there's nothing new in Star Wars that's happening right now that I can honestly say I'm excited about. I haven't even watched this current season of The Mandalorian, which as far from what I've seen has been ridiculous. I don't know, Lizzo, Jack Black, cameos of that sort are just, it's like, hey, our show isn't good. So here's Jack Black and Lizzo. They're people that you're familiar with, right? I think. For that particular episode, I thought it was too many cameos. I mean, either had 
Jack and Liz out because in this episode they're married. So, okay, just, you know, have them as a cameo. But then they added Christopher Lloyd. So now you got three cameos. And I heard a lot of people say, and I, and I, I could see it, uh, where it kind of took them out of the episode because yeah. there are so many cameos. It's like Star Wars is supposed to be escapism. That's why in like the first Star Wars movie, not that he didn't necessarily want to cast like big name, but he didn't want to cast right. big name actor. He wanted nobody so that you wouldn't get caught up in like, oh, there's that, you know, it's so you right. could escape. And so the more you have these cameos and things like that, and the more you have things like Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, it's like, wow. Make your own new characters if you want to do something, but stop messing with. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's Boba Fett. Let's, he's a, everyone loves him because he's a bounty hunter and he never takes off his helmet. You want to make a show about him? Yeah, except in the show, he's not going to be a bounty hunter anymore and he'll take off his helmet a bunch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, hey. I, I, I watched a lot of the celebration. I, I didn't get up at, I don't know what time they started because there's London time across the pond. I was not getting up that early on the weekend, but, uh, the one, the one thing, and I, and I cried throughout the whole segment, which was maybe 15, 20 minutes long. If even that long was, uh, there at the, uh, I don't even know what they call it. The center stage where, you know, 500 people are standing there watching them do interviews. Um, it wasn't a panel, <clears throat> but they had Hayden come out. Oh, but that place blew up. Oh, it did. If, if you get a chance to catch just that segment of Hayden coming out at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> I saw a I, segment. <laughs> I cried. I cried. <laughs> and he was so choked up that I think he cried just a little bit because he was so, and he even said he was so overwhelmed. And I was like, God damn it. He deserves yeah, it. Cause people love you and you're great. And Kathleen Kennedy is terrible. <laughs> and that's why when she walked out, everyone's cheer. Cause someone walks out before and everyone's like, Woo! and then she walks out and it's like, yeah, was it crickets? I didn't see that. Some people clap, but you could, and then they announced like Pedro Pascal came up after her, and then everyone was like, Whoa, you could just hear it like jump back up in volume. And it's like, That was cold. And if you watch her, she like waves real fast and then puts her head down and walks away. And I'm just like, KK, sweet, sweet KK, what are you doing? Oh, that- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna announce three more uh, Star Wars movies. That's why the thing with Ray, it's been announced, but I'm like, with any luck, it'll be like the 20 other projects that she announced that have never seen the light of day. Then she does this every single Star Wars celebration. She's like, hey, guess what? Get excited. There's going to be a Kenobi movie and a Boba Fett movie. And then wow. Last Jedi will come out and those will get canceled. <laughs> We're going to have a Rogue Squadron movie. It's also going to be about Ray's timeline and her Rogue Squadron and not the Rogue Squadron that made the name Rogue Squadron famous. And people are like, that sounds terrible. Okay, that's also been shelved. Uh, <laughs> Lando. We're going to make a Lando. They said they were going to make a Lando movie when Solo came out. She said that because she was on the red carpet and she loves saying things on red carpets. Well, like on The Last Jedi red carpet when she was like, Ryan Johnson's going to have a trilogy. Well, Lando and Ryan Johnson's trilogy, that's four more movies added to the, what, five, six, seven, eight that have never going to happen or never happening. The last thing I heard on Lando was like, they're in talks with 
Donald Glover about doing Lando. I'm like, maybe they should have talked to him before Kathleen Kennedy announced they were doing a Lando project. Maybe, maybe she just says the darndest things. It's like Kathleen Kennedy says the darndest things about Star Wars. <laughs> she'll she'll come out there and she'll be like, look, we don't have any novels that we can draw from. We don't have any books or source material. And people are like, hey, this is the expanded universe, which you decanonized. So I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it. Why not decanonize, but just threw out the window. And now, like, we're seeing Thrawn and stuff, and it's like... So well, that, yeah, you, you mentioned you Thrawn in... Like... The only... I mean, they... I thought they did okay with him in uh, Rebels. So okay. that kind of gives me a little hope. Well, they it. literally said in the trailer for Ahsoka, heir to the Empire. They used right. the words heir to the Empire. So... Yeah, it would take a really big amount of balls to say that in the trailer and then not go that direction in the film. Like that would be such if you did that to Star Wars fans at this point, Mm. all the ones that are still hanging on and still watching the crap that you're shoveling out. Oh, and then you were to bait them with an heir of the empire and then not go that storyline. Oh my goodness, would you see some shit happening then? But yeah. so I imagine they will be going that direction. They said at Celebration, I saw this much, that Filoni was like, we talked to Timothy Zahn about how to bring Thrawn into this. But Ryan Johnson said that he had Star Wars experts on hand when he was writing his script and that they said the hyperspace ramming was fine. So when it comes to people saying things about Star Wars, I believe it when I see it in the theater. <laughs> but I don't see Star Wars in theaters anymore. So I'll believe it when it comes out for free. <laughs> Because I'm not paying you for more of that nonsense. And I'm a man who's actually a fan of nonsense. Depending. But anyway, we've passed the hour and we're done Super Mario's and Dungeons and Dragons. So if you want more on Star Wars in more of a positive light, probably tune in for the Cantina Happy Hour. If you want to me, uh, on tirades about things, you can always tune in here on MCU Mondays because uh, I usually find something to <laughs> dock it, and I found a way to start <laughs> so, MCU Mondays. And whenever that new show comes out that me and the geek and I are going to do, I'm sure that just sounds like the whole show is just going to be me going on diatribes of things that I don't like. So that that should be fun for everyone. Oh. <laughs> Just and you kidding. can catch me on Thursday nights and also on Friday nights with Geek and I uh, as we, uh, I think we're on the second to the last episode of Picard, which this ah, season has been the trick perfection. So oh yeah, mm. the third season, not the first two, but um, yeah, you could just watch third season. and I probably could, especially since I have not watched a lot of Star Trek probably watched more of the orville than i have actual star trek that that's a good show i i i keep hoping they'll announce more seasons of the orville but the last season was a little i thought it was really good they got a little bit more serious and not so much i didn't like that (laughs) (laughs) i was like what happened to all the laughs i i wish they would like have a 50 50 balance because i do i did miss the funny stupid shit 
yeah. that they did in earlier seasons. I like that. But, um, and uh, what's his face died? Oh, Norm Macdonald. He played the mm, he played the, the blob. gelatinous blob, which I just love. <laughs> I mean, in, like the first episode, he walks through him, and, and it was just it was just Norm Macdonald, and I love that he was playing a blob, but it's just Norm Macdonald's voice coming out of a blob. I'm like, this is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Ah, God bless you, Norm Macdonald. Okay. <laughs> That's it for us today. Thank you very much for joining us here on MCU Mondays. I am going to find the language clip that I like to play at the end. And that's going to happen any second now. Uh, there it is. Okay, see ya. Shit! Language! Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said language? Just slipped out. Find the scepter. And for gosh sake, watch your language. That's not going away anytime soon. You bet your ass. Steve, you said a bad language word. Do you tell everyone about the that? The handle's imprinted. <laughs> out with the platinum bastard. Steve doesn't like that kind of talk. You know what, Romanov? Fury.